When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. the gates and ready to go hot mic with hunting with row underway on this tuesday edition live from sixth and peabody with yeehaw beer and old smoky moonshine john mcclain is coming up later in today's show plenty of nfl headlines despite the the dead period of news and notes plenty of rumors out there about where certain veterans could end up john's got the latest coming up in about an hour and a half from right now former ufc light heavyweight champion and UFC Hall of Famer, Tito Ortiz, is on the show uh, in hour number two as well. Plus, Kurt Schilling joins us in hour three. Chad, good afternoon. Hutton, let me be the first to welcome you back. Uh, good to be back. After a couple of well-deserved days off, very well-deserved vacation. Thrilled to have you back in that chair, sitting next to me, where you belong. Went with the parents to the Smokies. Yeah. Smoky Mountains. The God, most God's visited country. national park in America, the Great Smoky Mountain National I Park. I believe it, based on the traffic. Yeah. It's never a dull time there. It's good to have you back. Uh, great to be back with you, and uh, great to be back with the crew as well uh, here with, uh, with OutKick. Um, plenty to dive into from the weekend and everything that Chad and I uh, must catch up on. Uh, the, the headlines right now in, in sports are, are kind of laughable in many ways. There are four teams right now, Chad, in the NFL who can be forced to host hard knocks. For training camp. This has been known. The, the rules have been out there. There are four teams that can be told. It's not an option. You will be having HBO and Hard Knocks and uh, just deal with it. One of them happens to be with Aaron Rodgers and the New York Jets. And this, this idea that the Jets are preparing for Hard Knocks even though they haven't been told... They should have been preparing for hard knocks the minute that Aaron Rodgers came out of uh, you know the darkness retreat cave and said, I'm, I was 90% retired, and now all, all I see is gang green. All I see is I see myself as a jet. Miraculously, you know, just somehow that happened, that the darkness retreat let him see the light, that he was going to be a jet. And that was the, the one team that was being reported as negotiating with, uh, with Green Bay at the same time. It's just, I mean, it's, it's, it's incredible how that happened. Shocking. Yeah, Shocking it really coincidence. It really is. Uh, they're going to be on hard knocks. I don't know why this, this whole thing of the, the discussion of will the Jets be on hard knocks or not is the, is the top storyline uh, in sports today. So here are the criteria that where you're forced to be on it. You can't have a new head coach, check, right. yep. for the Jets. Can't have made the playoffs the last two years. Check, again, for the Jets. Can't have appeared on Hard Knocks as the subject of the show in the last 10 years. Check, again. This all leads to J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Rex Ryan was the last time Give they America on. what they want and stop this messing around with it. We want to see Aaron Rodgers discussing the benefits of psychedelics with Sauce Gardner. We want to watch this television. This is the team that people care about that's been in the national spotlight throughout the offseason. 
stop messing around with it. Let's let's get the Jets on there. And I don't want to hear the Jets not wanting to be on hard knocks. They get final edit. These teams well, get to uh, dictate what's on the show and what's not. They Woody have Johnson input on has it. wanted to be on it recently. And you know, he was recently asked about it, the owner of the Jets. And he's like, ah, I'll I'll have to survey and, and, and figure it out. You know, he was kind of towing the line. Well, they're going to be on it, and he's wanted this in the past. Now he's got Aaron Rodgers. He wants the Jets. Yeah, and he to should be on want the Jets to be on it. And the Jets, everyone in the Jets should want the Jets to be on it. Coaches and players and GMs, they get a little bit too worked up about this. You get final edit. You get final cut on what's on the show. Here's the other thing, too. As the league that is taking so much money in media rights, that is making hand over fist, the NFL may end up being the one professional sport that doesn't have to rely on Saudi money when all is said and done. They make their money the old-fashioned way, on their own. They don't need the private investment fund to give them money to get everyone rich. They're all rich to begin with. They'll eventually take it. But for right now, they don't have to take it. So when you agree to a television contract, and part of the deal is, hey, people are interested in your product. We want to present it to them in an entertaining fashion that will keep people interested. Shut up and take the money and allow the cameras in your facility. I do not want to hear about your lack of a desire to be on hard knocks when this is what the football fan in America wants. Shut up and take the money. Your owners are doing it. It's part of the media deal. In fact, you don't have to like it. They can come in and say, you're the team this year. So let's go ahead and get to it and stop the middlemanning of this thing where, well, I don't know that if we want to, you know, we've got real state secrets out there. We don't want that type of distraction in training camp. Shut up. You've taken the money already. It's what we want to see. Let's get to it. This is the this is the year where hard knocks can truly be compelling again. They've had some decent seasons recently, and it's a show that I'll always watch no matter what, but this is one that I think could expand that audience of this show because of the interest in Aaron Rodgers with the Jets. The most intriguing aspect of hard knocks recently has been the in-season uh, versions of it. Two years ago, the Indianapolis Colts, where if they win in Jacksonville, they get in, and you have the backstory of everything that took place with Frank Reich, Carson Wentz, and his reaction on the field, uh, Jonathan Taylor, and uh, the, he had the opposite reaction uh, of Wentz walking off the field in, in Jacksonville, Ursay behind the scenes, all of it. And, and this past year, Arizona. And we don't know the in-season version of this yet, but we do know the Jets can have their hand forced. And maybe there's a negotiation going on about trying to do the in-season so they don't want to force them to do something that they don't want during the preseason. Uh, the storylines are there, though. By the way, Chicago is the other one that is, like, it's a distant second, but it's the second-best option for HBO and Hard Knocks if they were to do this. Yeah, I just, you know, I, I don't... It's going to be I, New York. I don't expect teams to, like, you know, do backflips hey, you know, really petition for the cameras to be there and all of that. But just, I don't want to read reports about you not wanting it. I mean, it's good for your game. Hard Knocks has only helped interest the NFL over the years. If you don't want it, just win. Like, if if you make the postseason, you don't have to be forced to do it. Also, take it as a compliment. I mean, if you're Woody Johnson, the owner of the Jets, this is a good thing that people around the league are talking about you and want to focus on your team. 
in the preseason. It's it's not a bad I think thing. About don't the Jets on don't hard run from the interest. And I think about it. Rex Ryan and the. Let's go get a. Uh, do this than that, and now let's go get a GD snack. GD snack. <laughs> that is probably the most famous. I'm trying One to think of, of famous uh, hard knocks moments. That's that's right up there. It's that and like Vince Wilfork for me. Uh, Vince Wilfork in the crazy outfit. Yeah. I think about uh, remember Antonio Brown when he um, burned his feet. Remember he had the foot problem, and then he ends up with the Raiders. Yeah. And he had to go. Yeah. I, well, that I was the whole thing. Part it, of it. Yeah. During there was a lot between, of intrigue in that one with Gruden. You're right. And how he's going to handle it with Antonio Brown. Uh, more coming up with Derek Carr on, on speaking of the Raiders, he's speaking on what happened last year uh, to uh, some reporters with a newspaper out in Vegas. We'll, we'll hit on that with McLean later. Uh, just while we're talking Jets, Dalvin Cook is keeping his name in the headlines uh, through a former teammate of his in Tyler Conklin, who is saying, hey, uh, he would fit in perfectly here. Yes, there's room in the running back room with the Jets for Dalvin Cook. Cook has mentioned the Jets, and really any team that's linked to him, he's the one that's mentioning this, trying to keep his name out there during this period where he wants to lock in and go into camp and prove that he's worth the money that he turned down or asked to be released, asked for a change of scenery based on whatever Minnesota offered him in a pay cut. He was going to count $14 million against the cap, He's due a little over two, uh, excuse me, ten million, or was in Minnesota this year, and he's trying to get the same amount of money on the free agent market, and it is not—it's just not there for the running backs right now. It, 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 even a, a guy like Cook, who has a lot left, they have a good running back core already in New York with Rodgers manning the ship of the offense. I don't know if there's anything anything to this or not because the Jets haven't said anything. The Dolphins. Cook would walk to Miami to go back home and play for the Miami Dolphins. There's nothing there either, at least currently. It's a bad time to try to keep your name in the headlines because a lot of the guys in the front office, they're not making phone calls. They're putting their phone away because they're, you know, Oceanside or they're poolside right now before the long stretch begins of training camp all the way through January. I don't know where he ends up. I'm saying simply... I don't necessarily buy the Jets' headlines just like I don't buy any headlines with Cook involved because no team is being reported from these insiders. It's just Dalvin Cook putting his name out there. He's doing a good job of that, but he's not going to get anywhere near the money that I guess he, he thought he would upon telling the Vikings to, you know, screw off. I'm going to get more money on the open market. Not the case. So everything in the NFL now is its own separate season. The SZN, as the kids use these these days. You know, you got regular, you got preseason, you've got camp season, you've got regular season, you've got playoff season, you've got combine season, you've got draft season. The era that we're in right now in the dog days of summer, to me, is we're not in a hurry season. And that's both teams and players that are available for teams. DeAndre Hopkins, not in a big hurry. I don't think teams are in a huge hurry to get a decision from him. Um, Dalvin Cook, I think the same thing. No one's in that big of a hurry with these guys. You get these veteran guys that probably don't need an entire training camp, depending on where they go yeah. and how different the system is. They don't want to be a part of an entire training camp because they've played long enough and they've excelled long enough where they don't have to be there the entire time. I think you just get in a situation where – 
it's fun for us to speculate and talk about possible landing spots. I think Cook but wants to be in. But we're in a situation where neither side is in a big rush to get something done. No, I think Cook wants to be in. He wants a landing spot. He's not looking to wait around. That's why he continues to oh, and that, and he, that's, He's throwing out team names. And that's the flip side of it. Yeah. I think it's on both sides. I think with Hopkins, you've got, well, he's not in a big hurry. But I think it's one or the other. Either the team's not, the player's not. Right now with Dalvin Cook, it's teams, plural, aren't in a big rush. And that's a lot to do with the running back market and the value yes. of the running back today. But then, in some cases, it's both. You just don't well, see a big ur- rush or any urgency to get something done. And no urgency from the Jets. They've got Brees Hall coming back off of injury, who was very good yes. prior to his injury last year as a rookie. And then the team he wants to play for in Miami, they have Raheem Mostert. They have Jeff Wilson. Uh, they've drafted A-Chain from Texas A&M. I mean, they have a stable of backs uh, that uh, we're seeing uh, from, from Miami and I – they're in no rush either unless there's an injury. The best-case scenario for Dalvin Cook is an injury from one of the top backs across the league. And then a team that's built around the run game, or at least 50-50, will look his way and try to make some room on the salary cap. Chad, are you, uh, you came in earlier today a bit stressed based on the last couple of days of swim lessons. I'm, I'm curious what has happened and what you're pondering now based on the text messages that they're blowing up your phone about tomorrow's swim lesson for Lucy. So, um, Matt McCloy, Maddie, Maddie Ice, a man of many names, uh, father of dragons. He's like a Game mm-hmm. of Thrones character. He's got so many nicknames. Yep. He's about to post in our YouTube chat this poll question. We'll also I'll pose it as a Twitter poll question because I am legitimately going to take the advice of our public seriously on this. Now, I'm not saying that I'm going to – Make the decision solely on this, but I want your advice on this. It's a third. From our viewers, from our listeners on our fine radio network, whoever it may be, please chime in on this. Now, if you are a parent, I may take your opinion a little bit more seriously, but I want opinions from everyone. Parent, non-parent, anyone. I want Hutton's opinion on this. One of my first memories involves this. So I'm I'm anxious to hear your memory on it. My youngest daughter, um, Lucy is not yet four years old. She will turn four in August, mid-August. She is in swim lessons this week. Now, she's in the same swim school. It's a group swim school with other kids and parents that my oldest daughter went to. She got about a a nine-month to a year head start and got through level one, eventually got through level three of training. We're in level one swim school swim class. It is so frustrating (laughs) because... My child, who's one of the bigger kids in the swim class, even though she's not yet four, uh, refuses to try a lot of the activities. So the first day, she floated on her stomach fine. She blew bubbles. You know, they get the pool toys out. She was doing some of that. She aced it. But the moment that we presented the possibility of, of floating on her back, flipped out. And I'm not talking like, you know, just I'm not going to do it. Screaming, putting her nails into my back, holding oh, wow. on so tight, like terrified that I was going to put her on her back in the water. And I'm trying to explain to her calmly that Lucy, I'm not going to let you go. I'm still, I'm not gonna let you go into the water. I'm right here holding you just like up here. Will not hear it. The instructor comes over, tries to take her. She is screaming. I mean, uh, the entire class can hear it. Wants to go back to me the whole time. So much so that you don't want to go back there. Screaming so much. That was day one. We got through the hour long class. I said, all right, we'll do our best. Talked it up the whole night, the whole next morning. 
ready to go today, good attitude going in, get through about 15 minutes, do a couple new things, gets to that other part of will not do it. Will not do it, and I finally said, Lucy, we're leaving. I, I can't do this because she's screaming. It's distracting everyone else in the class. I, I tell the teacher, and I'm frustrated. She doesn't say anything. It's a fill-in teacher, younger. I said, I'm just going to leave. And she just kind of, oh, okay. You know, didn't really want me to, but I said, I, I can't deal with this. I'm just going to leave. With her there? Or? I, I pick her up. Yeah, I, I can't leave her in the pool. It's got to be a parent in the pool with the kid. Okay. So I, 30 minutes in, 20 minutes left in the class, I pick her up and we go home. And I am just chastising my three-year-old the whole way home. Like, you, you, you know, this is embarrassing. Uh, <laughs> you're the biggest kid in the pool. Why can't you do this? So my question to everyone is this. Do I bring her back tomorrow? You do. The head of the swim class is saying you should come back tomorrow. I am refusing, and part of this is selfish, but I can't go and her not try anything. She won't even try. If she tried it and got too scared, would be one thing. She will not try the drills. You can and vote. I, I, I am voting not to bring her back. I'm voting to bring her back, and I can help you out with this throughout the show based on personal experience. I don't remember much before like four or five years old. I remember my Being swim terrified? lessons. Yes. Okay. Uh, details. Plus, KG, Kevin Garnett, has advice for Ja Moran. That's next on Hot Mike. Glad you're back with us. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow rolls on across the Outkick Network. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Eha Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. You can join us in the chat on YouTube. Hope you'll subscribe to the Outkick channel while you're there. Just search out Outkick, hit that subscribe button, thumbs up, and much more. You can also join Chad in the, the poll question that he's thrown out about what to do uh, just based on <laughs> advice. Maybe uh, you can relate to the parenting aspect of this. I can relate to uh, the, the kid aspect of this. Uh, swim lessons and being terrified and not wanting to, to go back, refusing to go into the pool. Chad, I was forced, uh, I can relate to Lucy here, not the same like on the on, like floating on my back, just, just in the deep end, just trying to swim. And for whatever reason, it was like three, four, four and a half, did not want to do it. And by the it, way, this was the first thing that she freaked out over. Okay. Was floating on her back away from the side of the pool, not holding on to the side of the pool. It's uh I, I think it's more you know how you don't like the texture of a food or something? Yeah. I think it's more just like the feeling of I don't know, you just you feel it's, out of sorts a bit at first because you're not used to it. And you should feel that way. Like um, there should be some natural fear around water. Yeah. If you don't know you, how to swim. I that, think that's you've a normal human response. I think you've got to take her back and and see how she reacts again. Is there shame, though, when I bring her back after leaving 30 minutes into lesson no, number two? No. In the fact, next day. In fact, I would come up to you if I didn't know you as a parent and thank you yeah. for that because you're actually helping the other kids and parents get through whatever emotional state they're in, too. I had yeah, to go back, I, and I was, I was thrown into the deep end, basically, uh, 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 the day after, I, I freaked out as a kid. And I, I remember this. I was terrified. And then afterwards, it was like, oh, that wasn't that bad. Um, different era now where, I mean, my parents did not have to be present for these swim lessons. Yeah, I don't know that I knew. I, they I, definitely didn't have to be in the pool. I got to remind myself this because I now i have been around water most of my life and can swim like a fish and no problems, right? Yeah. Um, I don't think I learned how to swim until I was seven, six or seven. Mm-hmm. 
because my grandparents got a pool put in behind their house at that time. My grandparents lived next door to me yeah. growing up. So I started swimming then. I remember like home videos of me doggy paddling at seven years old. And my daughter's three. And she's in swim lessons, so... It's going to make, make it I, way easier. I have to remember that, but man, is this not a tough thing for me because I can't stand the lack of trust, right. of just not understanding. Like, I'm holding you. Like, you have to well, calm down. But it's I've more got than a hold of you. It's the, it's the freaking out part that's yeah. the, the craziness of it. Well, maybe you'll convince me. We, we've got uh, time. Everyone's got time to vote on this and, and convince I'm not, me otherwise. I'm not, I'm not trying to convince one way or the other. I'm As of right I, now, I, I, I don't plan on going back, but um, you know, maybe I'll be convinced otherwise. John Morant can be back in the NBA after 25 games, uh, 25 game suspension to begin the regular season. I, I've said for a couple of weeks that the suspension began uh, w- whenever we, we saw NBA Commissioner Adam Silver uh, announce this because he's got to follow the guidelines that are in place for up to six, six and a half months based on the timetable of all of this. And I'm not sure he can because he couldn't do it for two months the last time he came back from suspension, which was eight games at the time. Um, we're not the only ones. It, it, John Morant, according to reports, people within his inner circle are saying that they're, uh, the media and the NBA is out to get them and out to get Ja based on the suspension, which is you know, far, far-fetched at best. Uh, based on the suspension length and and the fact that they're not even pointing to every single incident that we've seen over the last 12 to 15 months here. I've said, and, and Chad, I know you, you've, you've said this as well, it's not just the media, it's the NBA vets. It's the current players in the league that are not pushing back on this because they see the troubling aspects and, and the, the recurring issues that have taken place here on the path that he's on. Kevin Garnett is the most recent one. He joined, uh, uh, he was with Tony Allen, a former Grizzlies player on KG Certified, where he just straight up says, you do not get to pick and choose when you want to be a professional young fella. This is Garnett talking about John Morant. He's got to get the right people around him. Tony Allen is chiming in on this. I know that sounds cliche, but more so than anything, you need some cats around you that's going to let you know when you're wrong and when you're bogus. And Garnett added, you've got to do better. You've got to put yourself around better to do better. And I'm not certain that he knows the crew around him is affecting certain aspects of where he is right now, which is suspended for 25 games, the second suspension of his young NBA career. But Chad, everyone has tried to reach out. When I say everyone, I'm I'm using that, you know, tongue in cheek, but it's a lot of a lot of the well-known veterans across the league have said they're here if he wants to chat. Some have said they've reached out but haven't heard back. Not even NBA veterans, but Pac-Man Jones has reached out but has not heard back from John Morant. And he's not obligated to return a phone call or to take advice from people that have also screwed up. But at some point, you've got to hear the advice that is echoing and the reverb from the NBA and everyone involved here. And I'm not sure he does. We'll find out. Um, Because he's now released two different statements. The first one, apparently written by ChatGPT, if you you want to Google the, the apology, it could have been... Uh, you insert company name here. It, you, 
wouldn't really know if he was an NBA player or not based on the apology. The more recent one, while a bit lengthier, does specifically, you know, follow the tune of whatever song that Adam Silver was trying to write in the suspension. But it's no longer about words, it's about actions. And in what Kevin Garnett is saying and what Tony Allen is saying, they're talking about actions as well. And it's not just the actions of John Moran, it's the actions of those around him that are bringing him down, even though I understand from Ja's perspective, the same people that are being discussed here by Tony Allen are the same group that helped him get to where he is. And now they're being ridiculed as the group that's bringing him down. But it's evident they are, Jeff. Yeah, it, it's very easy to see the problem here. I, I don't think we've had a hard time on this show at all of identifying no. the problem. A big part of the problem is both the friends in the company that John Morant keeps and his family. But keep in mind, his mother and his father have both been pieces in really bad stories surrounding John Morant. And they've been a contributing factor to this. So it's easier said than done. I think it's easy for Kevin Garnett to identify this problem or Tony Allen or anyone else. Easy for us to identify the problem. I am somewhat sympathetic to someone who maybe only knows these friends and clearly only knows this family and his parents involved to say, hey, ditch them. Stop communicating with them. Get them out of your life. It's what he needs to do. It's what would be best for him as an individual. I'm not saying forever, but especially for right now until he can make better decisions. He needs better people around him that can help him make better decisions until he's on firm footing, and I'm talking about John Morant, to be able to make those good decisions for himself. So it's easy for us to say that. I do think it is difficult for one to just say, hey, you're no longer my friend yeah. because X, X, and Y have happened when you've been around me and you were a big part of that. And I can't have that anymore, so so long. See you later. You're not in my crew anymore. That's difficult for someone to do. Well, let's also point out, like, the, the most recent uh, issue that Silver has had is this Instagram Live video. The guy that was on Instagram Live is filming and actually turns back to Ja and notices he's flashing a weapon and then immediately takes the camera away. So it's not all about the crew around him. Yeah, that guy was actually being smarter than Morant. Yeah. Yeah, it was all, it was a protection aspect. Even though I'm not saying it everything's great, but it's it, it, it's also just on Ja. And he's up it, it's his decision on who he wants to, you know, hang with, uh take advice from or not take advice from. Take money from, not take money from, pay, not pay, who cares? It's on Ja Morant now, Chad. And I and and, but it's also on Silver to react based on whatever happens within these next six months accordingly. Let him back in if everything is laid out properly and he's followed this plan. They clearly want him back in the league. The Grizzlies clearly want him back in the league. As a, a fan of basketball, I want to watch him play. He's a great player. Um, but it's up to him on if he's going to make it back and be the player that everyone expected him to be prior to all of this crap that, that went down. Yeah, and if he distanced himself from some people around him, it would make it easier on him. But I do think that there's some truth in what you're saying about 
ultimately he could just make the decision not to put himself in bad situations and make yeah. horrific decisions. I mean, if he doesn't pull out the gun with or without his, his friends, his friends on Instagram Live, that's fine. But if he doesn't pull out the gun, then there's no issue. You know, that, that, that's the that's the troubling aspect of it. And it happened less than two months after the suspension uh, was uh, was handed down, based on everything that went down in Denver at the strip club. I don't. I'm going to make a, a bold prediction here. I don't think John Moran is ever John Morant again as a player. I think we've seen the best from him. You're, you're saying the superstar aspect. Yeah, I think he's going to be good. I don't think his career's over. But well, I, I think he's going well, to, when he comes back, he's not going to be as good, and he's going to be viewed in a different light from here well, on out. Oh, I, I think the entire complexion of his career, this is not something that launches him to the next level as a player. I think he has plateaued as a player and will only go down from here. Not He's still going to be good. I'm not saying yeah. he's going to be a bad player overnight or no, anything, well, but I think we've seen the best from him with his potential. Well, and and I, you're you're saying part of the potential is just the the marketing angle as well. Yeah, like the, all the, of the it. next level, and it's hard for Nike. It's hard for Power. Like if you're if you're the the big sponsors here that we're going to put a ton of money behind him, how do you do that now? You know, yeah, yeah. We're, we're discussing the NBA and the Grizzlies, but also uh, just the the clients involved behind the scenes. Look, people like a redemption story too. So if he can come back from it and be as good or better, then sponsors will jump back on board. Yeah. But he's got to do that. I don't know that he's going to come back better. Maybe he comes back a little bit of the same and maybe worse, probably worse. But I don't think we ever see John Morant the way we've seen him before. Chad, who did we see on ESPN today as we were uh, watching? and uh, discussing the show here at 6th and Peabody. Walking around 6th and Peabody, they've got two of the biggest TVs in all of Nashville. Look up on one of those gigantic TVs, yep. and I see none other than Sage Steele hosting Outside the Lines on ESPN. It's awkward, because uh, according to uh, Brian Friedman, his, uh, her attorney, she's in a lawsuit right now with the Four Letter Network over the fact that she believes that she was silenced she was left off or kept off of certain programs after she joined a program with Jay Cutler back in 2021, uh, where she discussed her vaccination status and uh, the Obama administration. And since then, she's been entangled in drama behind the scenes in Connecticut. But also, we still see her on ESPN programming. But her attorney, Brian Friedman, said that she has recently turned down a $501,000 settlement from ESPN uh, because they are trying to buy her silence on her ability to speak her mind whenever and however she feels necessary. But yet, while this story is out, she's hosting outside the lines. And it's got to be a strange dynamic within the hallways there. Based on everything, but I, props to Sage for doing it yeah. and, and turning it. Five hundred one is also interesting. Not five hundred. Five hundred and one thousand was the offer, according to Friedman, her attorney, uh, to just end the lawsuit and buy her silence, according to what the attorney is saying. Well, and I know that it, I think both her and her attorney have pointed out the hypocrisy of Disney and ESPN doing this. Which she's suing them for First Amendment, you know, protection and rights, mm -hmm. while simultaneously Disney's fighting her on it, while suing Ron DeSantis in the state of Florida, 
for what they're saying is violating their ability to have their own political opinion and to have their First Amendment rights. So they're fighting each end of this argument with different people at the same time. Um, one other way that Disney and ESPN have tried to fight this is tr- by eliminating any chance that she says she's still being held back with professional opportunity because she's everywhere on the four-letter network. Every time I yeah. turn over there, she's on Sports Center, She's on Outside the Lines. Ever since she sued them, she got a lot more airtime from that moment on. I have to remind myself at times and I see her, oh, yeah, she's involved in a lawsuit against her own company right now based on what she told Jay Cutler about COVID vaccination mandate. So it's a fascinating story. The fact she's not just going to take the 501000 and continue on with the lawsuit tells me she's got a case, and she believes she's going to get more, and it's going to hurt Disney and ESPN even more than it does with that 501000 Well, not even mentioning the, the political aspect. Just look inside the walls, uh, the double standard of what certain people say on that network versus what others felt like they couldn't say. That's really, to me, what this comes down to. And there will be those behind the scenes that have never spoken up or that have been silenced that will commend her and, and thank her for turning down the offer yep. of half a million dollars. More headlines next on Hot Mike. Tito Ortiz is on today's show. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow rolls on. He'll be joining us in about an hour uh, just after John McClain joins us with the latest NFL news and notes. Chad, uh, how's the poll results so far through hour one? Is it uh, overwhelming you're taking your daughter back to swim lessons? I I, I don't have access to it. We're going to get an update at the start of the next hour. Matt's going to send me a screenshot. Uh, Early indications are everybody believes I should – sack up, as Dan Dockage says, and take her back tomorrow. Chad will be back. If not, someone can... I, I just, I, I really do have a hard her. time, though, while everyone else is tr- attempting to do everything that the instructor's doing, when my daughter won't do anything but sit with her hand on the ledge on the seat or on the step where she can be above the water and plays the rubber ducky. Like, I'm, what am I teaching her if we sit there for an hour and do I, that, I if that's you, all she'll do? How, how, what's the ratio of... Mothers to fathers in the pool. There are two other dads and I think those, seven moms. Those guys are going to like shake your hand or give you a fist bump tomorrow. Like, thank you for doing what you did and leaving early. Well, what really, and maybe we started too late, even though she's not even four yet, but there are some little bitty kids in here. And I'm shaming my daughter by saying, look at this little baby. This little baby looks like a, a pretty little dolphin right now compared to you, trying all the different swim strokes going under the water, and you won't do anything, and that, that's not been effective. I know that'll shock people, but that method has not been effective. Chad, what is Dennis Rodman thinking by saying that Larry Bird could not play uh, in this era, that he would be playing in Europe? Maybe he was on ayahuasca at I, the time maybe. of this interview? Uh, I, I, I think of, uh, if you ask me, could Larry Bird play in this era? Yes. Uh, LeBron James confirmed that by comparing Jokic to Larry Bird uh, whenever – they bowed out of the NBA playoffs in four games based on the way Jokic was shooting the basketball. And not only can Bird play in today's era, guys, some of the top players in the league would be teaming up with him to go win a title. Hello, Kevin Durant. Um, yeah, uh, this this is dumb. The quote was, 
if Larry Bird played in this era, I think he'd be in Europe. Today's world, oh, hell no. There's no way. Those are the words of Dennis Rodman. Uh, this is pure insanity. Um, <clears throat> Larry Bird played and dominated in an era with Magic Johnson and Dr. J. Julius Irving, who what? everyone agrees was ahead of his time, Julius oh. Irving, and could play in any era. And Go and, back and look at playoff series with Larry Bird versus Julius Irving. And the stories Sixers of and Celtics Bird back in the day. Talking trash or playing with his left hand or whatever. Uh, he, he could absolutely do it. Of I, course. I, and Larry I, Bird is also six foot eight. It's not like he's yeah. some... Yeah, he's not the fastest, but you mentioned it. Um, there's a guy by the name of Joker who's pretty good who's also not the fastest, but knows yeah. every part of the game and has a ba basketball IQ that's through the roof just like Larry Bird. Well, the, the, it's crazy. The other thing, too, I think of Bird, and I think of, did you ever watch the the video that he did on, like, how to, like, it, it was like the fundamentals of basketball with yeah. him and Red Auerbach. And Red Auerbach wants him to miss a shot and show everyone watching how not to shoot the basketball. And he can't do it. And he does it the way that you're not supposed to, and he still makes it from, it's like a three-pointer. And he's like, well, he's like, you know, of course, I'm going to make this shot regardless, no matter how I'm going to shoot it. Yes, he could play in today's era. Larry Bird. He would not be playing in Europe. In the 80s, which was a good era of NBA <laughs> basketball, right? The 70s was probably the low point of the NBA. The 80s was on the rise into the 90s, which was the renaissance era of NBA basketball. But he played 80s into the 90s. Three-time NBA champion, two-time NBA Finals MVP, three-time NBA MVP, 12-time All-Star, nine-time All-NBA first team as a player. And Dennis Rodman, who clearly was high when he said this, believes this man would be playing was something. in Serbia right now and not in the NBA if he came along today. And by the way, I was an inch off. He's six foot nine. Larry Bird. He's taller. I'm not sure. Yeah, not, not six foot eight. I'm sorry, Larry. He was a six foot nine shooter. The, his his game would translate. Chad, I saw a headline this morning. Brittany Griner calls airport incident airport uh, incident rock bottom. Uh, I saw this and I'm thinking, oh, is this? She's saying this is rock bottom for her because of what has happened over the last year with her being uh, in prison in Russia for months. No. Uh, reading the story beyond the headline, she's calling this rock bottom for the WNBA uh, based on the harassment incident at the airport uh, Airport, uh, what last month uh, where someone comes up with her phone and, and watching it. It's not nearly as inappropriate as uh, you know, some outlets want you to believe. But at the same time, the guy's a, an idiot uh, looking to, you know, gain some notoriety and blaming her release and and others uh, yeah. others detainment and and uh, imprisonment as if it was her decision instead of the government's decision. Well, on the, trade. the the headline at Outkick is a bit misleading. Brittany Griner says being asked questions in airport, which some claim is harassment, was rock bottom for WNBA's charter flight situation. Now the charter Look, flight situation, the, she was she was harassed. Okay, there was a guy that had a camera in her face that went up to her when she didn't agree to an interview that some YouTuber that asked her if she had sex with Vladimir Putin to get out of prison. Right. 
Th- that's harassment. I mean, I- I'm sorry on any planet if you're walking through the airport and someone starts filming you and asking you questions like that, you are being harassed. Any person would say they were being harassed with that type of treatment. Now, to claim that it is rock bottom for the WNBA because they don't have charter flights and she was subjugated to walking through an airport right. like everyone else. There are big-time celebrities who fly Southwest to get to comedy gigs or whatever it may be, that because she was forced to do this, it's rock bottom for the WNBA. Now, that claim by Brittany Griner may be rock bottom for the WNBA because well, I can think of far more incidents that would be rock bottom for the WNBA. So her claim is absurd that this is a new rock bottom for the WNBA's charter flight situation. The league does not make enough money for you to charter flights everywhere for every team. That's why you fly commercial. Now, also, I'm not going to sit here and say that the idiot asking her questions in the airport is without fault. If I'm a teammate of hers, I'd be pissed. There was a security guard for a team that shoved the guy out of the way. Good for him. I'm all for that if someone's walking up to her and asking questions like that as she's walking through the airport. But this claim that this is rock bottom for the WNBA, give me a break. Well, the, the reason why they don't have charter flights, because they, it was written in that they would. There are some owners in the WNBA of these franchises who would send their teams via charter, via private charter. Others don't based on the, the cash on hand. And so they made this protocol across the league where you, you can't do certain things if you have the means to do so if every team's not doing it. That's, that's ultimately why they're flying commercial. Um, but also, the idiot who's approaching her in the airport and, and asking her, uh, blaming her for why Victor Bout or Victor Boot was released. I mean, give me a break. Uh, the Merchant of Death was released based on uh, the government's decision. Yeah, not hers. Not Brittany Griner's decision. And, you know, so that, that aspect, too, should be pointed out. But, no, it's not rock bottom for the WNBA. By the way, if you want charter flights, just take Saudi money. Yeah. Just take Saudi money. Saudi's not interested in the WNBA, though, much like most people. They're, oh. they're also not interested oh, yeah. yet. Yes, they would be. Now, Matt Ishbia, though, the owner who also owns the Phoenix Mercury, he is now flying them charter everywhere. Well, that So was, she got her wish with their team. They came back, and that's, they're, they're now allowing this policy through. They're... The Mercury are not the. That's not the only franchise that can do this. It was just the policy that if every team wasn't doing it, uh, then the the teams that wanted to couldn't do it based well, on operational cash on hand. Yeah, let me also just call this what it is from Matt Ishbia. Seems like a very nice man, a very wealthy man. This is charity. Well, this is charity for him. He's they're losing money, and they're definitely well, losing money now. They're chartering flights everywhere they go for this his WNBA team. Right. Yeah. He's but being very kind to do this if they wanted for to, her and the team. If they wanted to come up with the, the, the money to do so for every team, they could do that. Of course. As, as a league. But I mean, it, it might take the private investment fund, as you said. Sure. That's yeah. one way to easily do it. But, I mean, there's, there's uh, the, the Qatari fund that owns 5% of the Wizards now. Um, I mean, that's, that's also, and the Capitals. So it's not like they're opposed to doing that as part of uh, ownership across the NBA, that's why you would have the Saudis involved in the WNBA because of the NBA's, um, you know, the, the umbrella that's over the league. Everything is on the table. Everything. That's right. Yeah. Uh, not rock bottom. 
Not rock bottom. Means. No, again, I, I would argue that what's the rock bottom moment is this claim by Brittany Griner. This is one of the rock bottom moments for the WNBA. Chad, Not the incident itself. Chad, uh, it, we mentioned uh, the Saudi fund and, of course, the Live PGA and all that. But whenever we were discussing that, what's, what sports are next? They already have a big stake in like the global aspect of the pro tennis leagues that are not on the main card, the main circuit. Uh, but Nick Karagos is saying, hey, they, they've reached out and they're trying to sign me uh, to the, the, the Saudi-type deal that we saw many take from the Live Tour as well. Tennis seems to be next up uh, for what they're trying to basically buy. I'm curious how they will go about this compared to how they did it with the Live Tour. Because keep in mind, they had Greg Norman front this. Then they had Mickelson. And then we saw the landslide of the, the last 12 months where the PGA Tour ultimately knew they were going to go under with this massive tsunami of Saudi-backed funds that were going to overtake and they they bought the game of golf. Yeah, I don't think they they're gonna have to go. Tennis? I don't think they're gonna have to go the route they did with the PGA because I think the ATP isn't gonna be as reluctant. Especially now they've seen that the PGA was basically forced to merge. Right. Because the amount of money coming in, they're gonna be much more willing to play ball. Nick Kyrgios is an outspoken fella. Uh, he has been in a lot of controversy. You can go and watch a YouTube highlight of his blow ups during matches. He's a very talented player. You can watch him on. Uh, Breakpoint, I believe, on Netflix. Yeah, the Australian gets after it and will well, speak his mind. The individuals, but though. His, his take on this is exactly what 99% of people who want to make money, how they would react. Sure. Because you're getting an enormous raise. Take your profession right now. If you found out that your office building or your company is about to receive an enormous injection of private investment fund money, and they're going to invest in your company, what is the first thing you think of? Do you think of sports washing? Or do you think of paying for someone to wash your and clean your new mansion that you're going to be able to afford now that they're going to be paying you a lot more for your services? So what Kyrgios is saying is exactly the way many athletes and coaches and people in other professions, not just sports, how they would react to this type of news. Well, so I think he's being pretty honest with what he's saying. Well, he's, he's been honest with his entire career. He doesn't have a coach. You know, he's a manager. And he said he doesn't really know how long he's going to play and how many more times we're going to see him in the, the Australian Open or Wimbledon or anywhere else year to year. So who knows how, how much longer he's going to play. But if you want the vocal and honest individual in the sport, it would be him. The it's, question is, who, who are the versions of the, like, who, who's the Rory in the world the of ATP? tennis? Yeah, just the world of tennis in general that would be outspoken on the opposite of this. Uh, because that's where it you really would have been had, Roger Federer. That's really where you had the divide, though. Yeah, it would have been those Roger. It would have been Roger Federer. Did not. He would have been the guy who would have, uh, I, 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 I'm giving a very solid, educated guess here. He would have been the guy to say, we don't need to take the money. There's bad things going on there. I think Rafa Nadal probably would have leaned towards Federer's side. I think Novak Djokovic and Kyrgios would be the outspoken Mavericks that would take all the money they could and leave the ATP. And then eventually, and, and soon after, <laughs> rejoin. 
Yeah, they rejoined <laughs> when they merged. No doubt. Coming up, more headlines, including a, a charity golf tournament that was canceled uh, with a, a, a NFL player, plus the Jets and Rodgers and Hard Knocks. <laughs>